Kuskis on to Hartley! Hearts take the lead! Jankowskis is going in on the goalkeeper. Bankowski wanted all day. Jankowskis wraps it up for Hearts! Hello and welcome to Shirts Around the Funnel, the offspring of the popular Hearts podcast, Scarves Around the Funnel. Here we look to focus on Hearts kits and seasons in which they were worn. This is episode three, I'm Paul Mitchell, sports commentator and someone who loves the world of football kits. Alongside me is a man whose Twitter handle is at Hearts Shirts, that tells you all you need to know, Grant Young. Hello Grant. Hi Paul, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. You'll be, we're recording this just after the first of the Edinburgh Derby, so I presume you had a very good weekend. Absolutely superb, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. All, all went to plan, even let them score for, yeah, give them, give them a bit of false hope in the first five minutes. And then uh, it was a, it was a, a tantalising show by the, the men in Maroon after that. It's thoroughly enjoyable, yeah. So all smiles here, without a doubt. And the chuckle in the background, well, it's a well-kent voice connected to hearts in some way or other. We always get somebody along from Scarf Round the Funnel, ESPN's Mark Donaldson, who was at the Masters at the weekend, but his heart was at Tyne Castle. You must have been thrilled with that as well. I was. Um, just, to, I had to actually ask you how the game was before we came on air, uh, because I was unable to see it live. I've since uh, caught up with the highlights, and uh, that's part one. Part two, hopefully, to come this weekend. So can I just say it was a terrific occasion as somebody who's neutral, Tynecastle was absolutely jumping. Uh, some good-natured ribbing of my co-com, John Collins. But I have to say, disappointingly, guys, there was three blokes who stepped way over the line um, in their treatment of John Collins, which was just not particularly funny, I have to yeah, say. Yeah. It's just, just a small minority, but it's certainly worth calling out. Now... To see the kits we're talking about in this episode, please visit Twitter at Around the Funnel and you'll see various tweets concerning the kits we're about to talk. We took a vote for this episode and it was split, so we went with both. And I've always wanted to say this on a podcast, we're about to talk about the pony years, 1995 to 1997. So what to expect over the next 45 minutes, we'll talk about the kits, the players who wore the memories of the season's how to buy these kits and how to spot fakes as well. So, Grant, first of all, the home kit lasted two years, sponsored by Pony. We'd gone at Tynecastle Way, booked at Admiral, Admiral Isaacs, and then Pony came in. So, talk us through the hearts. Pony home kit. Yeah, they did, didn't they? they were, I mean, they were trying to make a splash across the UK. I think they'd already, uh, I think they'd done West Ham and Spurs and, and were doing a good job there. And and they came along to knock at the door at Tynecastle, and and here we are. We've got some uh, classic kits over over two seasons. Um, the 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 home kit for those two seasons is it, it, it's quite pleasing to the eye. I think uh, if you guys agree, I mean, I think there's you know it, it's interesting that it's got the the, the vertical strips down it, and you know one's lighter than the other, so you've sort of got that shade of maroon, a darker side, and a and a lighter side. Um, and, and just a just a lovely traditional kit, really, a lovely white collar. Uh, obviously synonymous with Strongbow. You know, we're still sponsored over the two seasons for that. Lovely embroidered uh, hearts badge, and and really an all round decent effort, I think. You know, with the the, the the little rubber two little rubber badges on the collar, the placket, as I like to call it now. With, um, yeah, so 
Yeah, I, I think overall a, a pretty decent effort. And as you say, Paul, it comes along with some uh, really good memories of a, a team that was starting to go somewhere, I think. Yeah, so it was white shorts, a little maroon, you know, bands down the side. The, the, the shorts were maroon, white tops with a couple of white bands on them. You've always got to try and make it a little bit different. And in terms of the aesthetics, Mark, was it a hearts kit you liked? It was. I'm sitting here like an absolute... Geek, I'll not swear, and and be the uh, the full kit um, banker with a W because I've got jeans on, but I'm wearing the yellow one. It was a kit I like, and I like it because I can fit into it, and the sizing was pretty decent. And being a, an an XL, a double XL, um, it it was it was it was as the time back in 1995 when when kits weren't tight. We went from the the 19 mid 1980s where shorts were kind of um, ball hugging. Can I say they were that tight? Um, and shirts were not really having much space to kind of the opposite 10 years later. But I want to tie things up. You know I love a tangent from from around the funnel. Um, I'm actually going to try to tie the two things in because every year when I do the US Open um, from New York, we stay at the Palace Hotel just off Madison Avenue. Madison Avenue is where Pony Brand was formed back in 1972 by a guy called Roberto Muller, and it stands for Product of New York. That's the acronym, Product of New York, P-O-N-Y, Pony. So that's how I can kind of link, having done many around the funnels over the years while in a hotel room on Madison Avenue or looking out on Madison Avenue, now it's kind of come full circle, and we're speaking about Pony, who were formed in 1972 on Madison Avenue. There you go. Have that for free. Pretty good, pretty good knowledge there, Mark. <laughs> I, I had no idea about that. I, I knew that they were. I mean, they, they did produce quite a lot of NFL stuff, didn't they? At one point, I think they, they were, they were, they were pretty huge over there. And then, obviously, tried to make a splash here, didn't they? But um, it was successful to a point. I mean, they, they've left us with some memorable kits for, in, in my eyes. One of the biggest boxing surprises over the years was James Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. He wore pony gear that night, um, Buster Douglas, when when he won in Tokyo against uh, Mike Tyson. And at ESPN, we, we have a thing called 30 for 30. Paul will know it well. I'm sure he's seen plenty of them. You might have done as well. Grant, there's a, a 30 for 30 called 42 to 1. And it's all about Buster Douglas wearing his pony gear when he beat Mike Tyson, because that was his odds in Vegas. So this isn't the most random tangent I've ever done appearing on one of the <laughs> around the funnel or, or, or offshoots. But I think it's nice just to give you a little bit of a backstory about what pony was and then it ended up um, it ended up making the kits for hearts, yeah, for, for a couple of seasons. Yeah, absolutely. So the opening to the season of 95-96, the shirt gets its debut. So I love this. It, it, it's there in the public domain that people might have forgotten about it. So on the 30th of July in 1995, hearts drew three each with Montrose. Twelve days later, they beat somebody five goals to one. Any guesses, gentlemen? Well, that was Manchester City, wasn't it? It was. Now, could you imagine that happening just now? The week before, we went to Derby. And it was one of Jim Jeffries' first games after the, the chaotic mess with Falkirk and staying and going. And we were 3-0 down at um, at Derby after 35 minutes, and we came back. And you kind of thought, OK, well, what kind of teams is going to be under Jim Jeffries? And then we played Newcastle in the midweek and lost. Peter Beardsley scored. And then Man City came to Tynecastle and, and, and thumped them. If it was now, would we take a 5-1 defeat and run against Man City? 
Be a 5-1 victory, I think, man. You'd like Man City would be very happy to get away from Tynecastle. <laughs> like that, like that. If it still existed. Yeah, there's some it, team. Huh? Exactly. Now, in terms of how Hearts did that particular season, it was a respectable fourth-place finish in the Premier League. They went out in the League Cup, rather memorably, after extra time uh, to Dundee, four apiece. Uh, mm. Les Mortram being the referee, John Robertson scoring a late penalty. I mean, it's not a bad four scorers, Cahoon, McPherson, Lawrence and Robertson. But of course, it was to be the Scottish Cup grant that would take more of the centre stage. 95-96, uh, Hearts going all the way to the final. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and probably, Mark, you would, you would have been there at the time, I think, as well at that game. Um, at the time, it was, uh, you know, it was hard to take. But I think in, in, in hindsight, you, you could see the, the beginnings of a, a team there, couldn't you? And you knew, you know, there was there was going to be a bit of change. There was going to be new players in. Um, 5-1. Uh, and a totally dominant Rangers side that, you know, was full of stars. And they were at the top of their game. I think Hearts uh, learned a few lessons from that. And probably, you know, some food for thought. And then, you know, as we all know, uh, we we were we started knocking on the door after that as well. So a memorable final for probably the wrong reasons, and probably Gilles Rousset uh, probably doesn't quite like to remember that as he, he he does bring it up from time to time. But all part of a learning curve, isn't it? Gary Locke doesn't like to remember it either because he was carted off after just nine minutes of that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's a, a Mark. You're right. That's that's a case of what could have been really. It's a, yeah, it was a sad, a sad sight to watch that as well. So on that particular day, it was the old Hamden Park. You remember, it was one of the last times mm. that that old sloping press box was used at Hamden Park. If people don't know what it is, Google Hamden Park in the 90s, and you'll see the most precariously angled <laughs> uh, box. Now, that was the first time I was in that box. So I did pitch side for Radio Scotland that day. Having joined them in 1991, I was pitch side for the Scottish Cup final. I got the first interview with Gordon Jury, who scored the hat-trick for Rangers. And famously, I saw five goals scored that day. I was in the toilet when John Cahoon scored for Hearts because I was getting ready to go pitch side to do the interviews at the end. So I never even saw Hearts score in that cup final. Mm, I don't think... Um, I think there are some Hearts fans out there that didn't see them score either because they were 3-0 down at the time. And uh, I remember a few leaving... Um, just going back to the, uh, the, the the Dundee game, can either of you remember which jersey we wore in that Dundee game? It's the one that Henry Smith decided to take a penalty. Take a penalty. As well. What cut, which away kit was that? Because I'm assuming it was away kit with Dundee playing in dark blue. So the away kit that year would have been uh, for that year was actually blue and white stripes with a sort of maroon band down it with a black collar, uh, strong bow in black on the front. So it's a good time. Grant's, Grant's Googling that. So while he does that, we can talk about the blue and white striped version, which was 95-96 away kit. I have to say, I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. It's one that never resonated with me at all. Grant, your thoughts? <laughs> you know what? It always reminds me of... Um... Hearts playing in the sunshine. Um, I, did I like it? I, I think 
Nah, I, I, it's okay. I, it's not. It's not in my. It's certainly not in my top five away kits. But for some reason, it seems to be very, very popular with fans, and 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 I know that it's chased down quite a bit. Um, I've luckily enough got one match shirt from uh, of that version. I've not got a replica version. Um, I have to say, I much preferred it when they wore it with maroon shorts rather than white shorts. I think when they had the white shorts, and there's a couple of games where they wore white shorts instead of maroon, and it almost looked, made them look a bit pasty. So I think with maroon shorts, it looked a lot better. Um, but it's okay. I mean, it's passable, isn't it? I think what Pony tried to do was was just try and a bit more pizzazz, bring something out that was a bit different, and and they certainly achieved that because I, I think I think it probably sold quite well. Uh, you know that season. I'm um, looking at the sorry, Grant. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the the four all just the highlights just now, and they they did wear maroon shorts at Dundee, but the the awake it for me is is most remembered, I think, for Alan Johnson scoring really late on at Hamden because yeah. we wore it that day, didn't we? When we beat Aberdeen, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think it's you're absolutely right, Mark. I think it's synonymous with that. Uh, you know, the 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 win against Aberdeen again. You know, getting us to that point and getting over that semi final hurdle. And yeah, that that's the game I absolutely remember him playing in. Uh, that 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 kit getting used the most. That that's absolutely synonymous. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, and it, and it yeah, well, it was a good, it was a lucky kit then, wasn't it? It's other words, my my problem with it is with with there being so little maroon in the in the jersey. I think the the maroon shorts actually clash with it. I just don't think it's a flowing. Football kit at all. I mean, the white yeah. again. I, I, the white to me made more sense, but it, it didn't. I don't know. There's certain kits that you think, yes, I can associate. I was never able to really think that's a great hearts kit. As a standalone, it's fine, but when it's in a set with shorts and socks, it doesn't. I don't know if it works or if it doesn't work. It just. You're right. It doesn't flow. It definitely doesn't yes. flow. But as a standalone. You could wear that with a pair of jeans; it, it, it would be fine, but not as a as a kind of as a set as a full kit. Yeah, yeah. Which is then interesting because the home shirt continued into ninety six, ninety seven, but it was the away shirt that was that was changed. And Hearts all of a sudden had a yellow based away kit, which Grant you can describe, and then Mark will tell you how he feels about it, and I'll tell you how I feel about it. Well, I think I think Mark likes it, doesn't he? He's wearing one right now, and he's modelling yeah. it. He's he's looking mm, fine in it, actually. Mm, I, mm. I, I, yeah, I mean, again, it's a it's an interesting kit, isn't it? And it and it's out there, absolutely out there, you know. So, uh, I'll I'll just grab it. Um, I've actually got this one with a pair of shorts as well. So, yeah, mainly a yellow body, an unusual shield. Uh, as a badge, you know, so so a, a, a maroon shield with sort of black piping around it, and then the the circular the the, the hearts badge in the middle. Uh, again, strongbow, nice V-neck collar, well, sort of nice maroon through the black collar, um, and then the maroon panels underneath. Um, interestingly, this pony kit was the only one that didn't have the the sort of in, embodied sublimated uh, chevrons. So you notice that every other kit that Pony produced. Um, had a had their trademark sort of uh, chevron, a, a V-shaped chevron, elongated chevron V in the body of the kit, and that that's the only one that didn't have it. Um, so it's more of a, it's not quite air text, but Mark, you you'll have it on. It's more mm -hmm. got that. It's not air text, but it's sort of got that air textsy yeah. dotty little tiny dots in it. 
think it's I think it's well made, Grant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It catches eye. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's. <laughs> it, I don't like the shield. I have to say, but yep. back then, all pony kits. Remember, Southampton wore it. I think it was Correct. around the time that um, they had Ali Dia and these dafties that played for them. The, certainly the one that um, came on trial and ended up getting a contract and he'd never played it in his life. He was somebody's pal. But there was this kind of uh, template that, that clubs used. And I think because there's maroon, there's a lot of maroon in, in this Hearts badge, um, mm. may, maybe they've not they've not put it straight on because in this particular one, and that badge back then, the old school badge, the old style badge, there is a yellow outline on the badge, so you would lose that. So maybe that's why they've they've done it. It's just... It's a bit clunky, and then it's got black and 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 I say maroon because I've listened to your podcast. And I love this podcast. Um, listened to the the first couple of two or three episodes, and we've spoken, and you guys have spoken with Laurie about the shade of maroon, and we're going to get to the shade of maroon, I'm sure later with with Red Star Belgrade and, and Coca Cola Cup final against Rangers. What the the weird thing about this one, Grant, the maroon. On the sleeve, half black, half maroon, with with yellow kind of stitching. That's a different maroon from the maroon on the badge. <laughs> you're you're absolutely spot on. The, the the maroon on the badge is lighter, isn't it? It's almost it's almost not maroon. It's uh, would you say it's almost claret? <sighs> it's not what it should be. Well, so that's what I, I would say. I agree. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, is, well, is, I, is the maroon? In this awake at the yellow one, the maroon on the sleeve on either sleeve is it the same color of maroon as the home kit was that season? Can you compare and 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 tell me because you would think it would be, but given they've got a different maroon on the badge, then who knows? Well, well, Grant's checking that marking. It looks like I chose the maroon colors because I'm partially colorblind, so it looks like I've just picked three different ones thinking they were, they were the same. <laughs> That's what I didn't like about the yellow jersey. So I'll be honest, somebody gave me one of the, the yellow hearts jerseys. I wore it at fives and I always had a rule. I wore jerseys, you get new ones, you move some through. I keep my favorites and I get rid of the ones that I don't particularly think will be any good. Now, I know they're worth quite a lot of money now, but mine has currently got a new owner. Or as a set of dusters for somebody, because I gave it away <laughs> because I just didn't like it all that much. Uh, and we'll come, we'll, we'll chat, Grant, about the, the cost of these things uh, coming again. But in terms of compare and contrast, the maroon in the home kit with the maroon in this <laughs> third kit, nothing like it's, it. It's nowhere near. Yeah, they're, they're they are absolutely and utterly completely different. Um, yeah, the the yeah, I'm I'm now Mark, Mark's got me thinking now because. It, it does look maroon uh, in, in the panel, but nowhere near the maroon of the, you know, the, 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 the home shirt. So, yeah, it's, it, is an odd, it is an odd hue of maroon. Um, and it's, yeah, so they've not sampled it from the home shirt, that's for sure. So, yeah, a good, a good spot. So let's talk a little bit about the season before we talk about what how popular these kits are and where, where you might get them and all this kind of thing. Hearts were mm -hmm. fourth in the league again. Uh, Scottish Cup out in the fourth round replay, but famously, a couple of famous games from that season. There was the Red Star Belgrade game, 0-0 over in Red Star. Hearts going out um, on away goals rule, um, despite Dave McPherson scoring first. Uh, we conceded in the second half, but there was a slightly different kit for that game, Grant? Yeah, yeah, again, um, it, it, it was a... 
it was a one-off. So, and I think it, it is very much like the the Coca-Cola Cup final shirt. Um, a, a beautiful Hugh Maroon. Uh, they they used that kit. Um, and yeah, it, it's just an absolute stunner. And the only difference uh, between the, as far as I'm aware, the only difference between the Coca-Cola Cup final shirt and the Red Star Belgrade shirt was the, the embroidered pony is a slightly different colour. Um, so I think it's a silver shading in the Coca-Cola Cup final and it's more of a whitey silver. So there's a slight difference in, 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 the, in the actual, um, you know, the, 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 the pony logo. Um, but yeah, I, I, one of my, my potentially probably my favourite uh, Hearts home kit. It's just it's just superb. So if you check Grant's Twitter feed, we'll get a copy of that posted out for you to show you what it looks like. Uh, so you can refer back to at Hearts shirts to have a look at that. Mark, are you are you in favour of clubs coming out with special kits for special occasions, the European game, the Coca-Cola Cup final, or I mean, that was quite early to do that kind of thing if you're looking at sort of 1996-97. Yeah, and I, I can't remember, I'm sure there are people listening to this that may remember why Hearts did that um, and why they didn't use their, their normal kit. Maybe yourself or, or Grant can, can enlighten. But what I do remember, uh, I was at the home game as a supporter against Real, uh, sorry, against um, Red Star Belgrade, I don't specifically remember the weather, but I do know it was nowhere near as bad as it was at Celtic Park for the Coca-Cola yeah. Cup final against Rangers. Because up until about an hour before, sorry, a couple of hours before kickoff, there was a suggestion that the game might not go ahead because of the snow. But what it meant was because of the, the damp conditions and it was soaking wet, it really, it's like putting something in the washing machine. You, you kind of see its true colour when it's doused in, in water. That strip there, the... The, the Rangers kit, um, and I know Grant was saying it was similar to the Red Star Belgrade kit, it's remembered more because it was such a dark maroon because of the bad conditions that day, and it got soaked through. That's why people seem to remember that more than the Red Star Belgrade kit, albeit they're pretty much both the same. I, I've got memories of going to that uh, cup final, as you say. It, it was nearly called off. It was one of these bizarre things. And, you know, hearts, some Hearts players still think it turned on a throw-in decision that didn't quite go oh, do, you know who the, do you know who the, the linesman was that day that didn't give it? No. Alan Freeland. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, he, he went on to, and I didn't think he was that good a referee. I uh, just never felt he was in control of games. But, yeah, he, this was before he became a, a top-flight Grade one official, he was running the line and um, and, and gave it to, and it, it was a hearts throw. Um, I was in the main stand that day, I remember seeing it, but he, di he didn't get it. And I mean, we were up against an inspired Paul Gascoigne that day, who was just a joy to watch. Yeah. But yeah. what what a show he put on, um, and what a show hearts put on in, in, in that game. But the strip that day, it's, I mean, what was that? 19 November 1996, that's what 27. 26 years ago or 25 and a half years ago and it's still we still talk about the jersey that day that that's going to say something about that kit yeah absolutely and and you're, you're 100 percent again mark around it, it was a dark wintry uh wet night or wet afternoon i should say and and it just got darker and darker didn't it and and hearts got that absolutely spot on and and it's it's amazing that as you say the amount of people that still recall that shirt and still have fond memories of a certain age and and it's really it's really really sought after i mean it's um it's you got one from the final 
I have got one from the final, yeah, but it's a it's a number eighteen, so it, it wasn't ever worn, but it was made up for the final, so that'll do me. That's that's as close as I got, so uh, I'm just delighted <laughs> to get one. Yeah, absolutely. Good. But it's 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 a beautiful shirt, and it's it's probably mm. I think it is my favourite. I think it's my home my favourite home shirt. I think. Wow. Yeah, it's just it's just beautiful. It's a thing of beauty, and then you know just remembering Neil McCann terrorising that uh, Rangers defence second half, and and just so well you know how well Hearts played. The whole thing was great. Um, and as you say, we we just up, came up against Paul Gascoigne, who proved that he was one of the you know Britain's best footballers at that point. He was just absolutely amazing that day, wasn't he? Paul, I, I think there's an affiliation between Neil McCann and Pony because Neil McCann's performance for Dundee against Hearts in that four-all game the season before kind of got him his move to Hearts, and his performance for Hearts against Rangers ultimately got his move to Rangers, and both of them while wearing Pony kits. No, I don't know what that means, but it's, you know what? Well, you and I are geeks when it comes to commentators. We'll find anything to link two things together. We'll, we'll latch upon it. That's that's my kind of most useless fact of this podcast. Well, that, that certainly works for me. And of course, you you, you talk about players, Neil McCann, what Pascali Bruno, I think, you know, famous for that era as well, swashbuckling style, you know, Jim Hamilton, David Weir, Colin Cameron, of course, John Robertson. Uh, banging in the goals, 19 goals in that in that particular season, including three in the League Cup. I mean, it was a decent season for Hearts. In fact, both of those seasons were pretty de- decent from a Hearts perspective, finishing fourth just behind Dundee United, uh, who finished in third Rangers, winning the league that particular year. So in terms of kits that are then sought after, I mean, you have a number 18 for the Coca-Cola Cup final. Yep. They are they are highly sought after. And sometimes we mentioned on this podcast that if you're offered something that's highly sought after, you should be very wary. Uh, so what what is, should anybody be looking for uh, if, if somebody says, look, this is one of the kits from that final. From, from that final. So so here's, here's I know you guys are, yeah, so Mark's just mentioned that, you know, a bit of um, a bit of geekery. So if if you are offered one, the league, the league shirts where the, you know, with a pony embroidery on the, on the left-hand side had TM for trademark at the top of the Y, a League Cup final shirt, had the trademark at the bottom of the Y. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, so, so that's one thing you can spot right away. Uh, it always has to be embroiders as well. So you know, Mark, I, I don't know if if that's a match shirt you've got on no, from a yellow a, the the yeah. yellow shirt, but you'll notice one of the one of the main differences for that as well is if you look at your um, the Y and you've got the 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 TM at the bottom. Off the Y, it's not a TM, is it? It's a little black box, a, a little black, black block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now the match shirts have TM, so again, in the yellow one, that's a pointer, and it has to be embroidered. So it's just a little, it's just a little nuances that you just have to be aware of. Yeah. And um, yeah, for the for the Coca Cola Cup final one, they don't come a clog, but that that's probably one of the things you should look for. And you know, it all has to be embroidered, has to be embroidered badges, anything that's um, a, a rubber club badge or a, you know a a print or whatever, whatever you want to call it. If that, then it's it's definitely a duffer. I know yeah. you guys were, were were speaking about the championship season kits on one of the previous episodes. The only thing, the, the one when we, it was the the anniversary of of the the, the jersey um, when the players went to war. The only thing that kind of I'm not saying let it down. I just wish that 
the replica kits of that season, 2014-15, would have been um, stitched badges. You know, the Adidas one without the sponsor. Yeah. Um, uh, were 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 the were the kits that the players wore the same, or did, is there a stitched version of the badge available on any of those kits? Exact same, Mark. No, no differences right, whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no difference. I, I, I'm assuming that you don't get much choice where where manufacturer like Adidas. I think they just give sure. you what what they're gonna what they churn out, and you probably don't get much choice. I don't think you're taking a beautiful kit though. Oh, it's, it's 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 a tremendous kit as well, isn't it? It's an absolute cracker. But yeah, it is a it's a rubber that you are, you know a, a vinyl press on badge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They they never look quite the same. Now the yellow shirt that Mark is modelling for us, and, and I lamented already. They're actually quite worth quite a bit if you're trying to pick one up on the on the, the open market, Grant. Yeah, I think so. Um... They are. They, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think they, they've probably gone down in price slightly just due to lockdown. I think actually, so prices soared over the last two years, and I think things are settling down a bit. Where they were maybe commanding quite a high fee, but for whatever reason, maybe maybe people were looking them out and they're out, out their drawers or their cupboards and then putting them onto eBay or wherever they're putting. And and you know, and it, the, the demand has been satisfied, so the prices are down a bit. Um, what what uh, maybe between 50, 50 to eighty pounds for a replica? Double maybe, what? Double what it costs, basically. It's hard to tell. Here. You know what? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, Mark. Yeah, so still, you know, still sought after. Um, but maybe a lot of the people who were, were after have now got it when they had their, their extra cash year lockdown potential. One thing I would say about this, so, this one, Paul, is that the, the distance between the end of the Y and the black dot and pony on the replica and the badge is probably as wide as I've seen on any replica kit between the badge and the, and the sponsor. It's massive. And that's not just yeah. because I've got, I'm have got i wearing a double XL or, or whatever. There, there is a, it is pretty wide. And the, the top of the strongbow, the N and the, the kind of O and the G, is literally in line with the bottom of the shield. So just the placement of that. I, I remember um, yeah. there's a Newcastle kit made by Adidas. Uh, it's the one that Sir Les Ferdinand and all them wore. And it's got the button neck. But different kits had different placements of the actual stitched badge. And some of them looked really ridiculous. So with something like this, when you've got a shield, could there be an example perhaps of some of these kits, whether it was this season, the 96-97 away or the season before, where the badge placement is different on different replica kits? Potentially, yeah, yeah, I think so. I'd have to check it out. And that does, does make it... Yeah, it does make it harder then for you to try and track down, you know, the exact kit you're looking for, if you know, if if particular. What about the the blue and white? Uh, you know, the the away kit from ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, they they are they're well sought after, Paul. I, I would actually think they're probably more sought after than the yellow one. Now, um, a, a couple of them have come up um, in the last few months, and they are going. I think they're going for over a hundred pounds. The replica ones there, so they're still, they're still really popular. Um, Hearts have brought out. I think Hearts brought out a, a retro version of that, didn't they? I think in the last couple of months. So they, they, you know, Hearts are now bringing out the the one kit a month, choosing the retro. So, but um, yeah, about uh, about a hundred pounds, I think, roughly. But they go really quickly, so you know, you you have to keep your eye out for these. But they're because I think you made, very popular. 
Yeah, you made the point, Mark. Is a shirt to wear with a pair of jeans. It's probably one of the best Hearts jerseys to wear. It's just got that look about it. It doesn't, you know, it, it's got a classy look about it. I just, I still didn't like it particularly on the field. When you are a certain size, Paul, you've never had to to, to kind of worry about um, will a double XL fit you, um, <laughs> and and you, you go from Pony to Reebok to Adidas to Area, which was just like how many X's have you got? I'll take however many you've got because honestly, that was like wearing a straight jacket at times, and it was a non-breathable material. Um, this one is 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 nice, um, and and I mean I'm sitting wearing with it with jeans that I ain't modelling anything. I'm I've got a face for radio, so I'm happy with this, and I'm glad this is an audio only podcast. But as I said earlier, I do like the fact that it is a decent enough size, and you you know what it's like. Remember when Kappa used to do the jerseys, and you thought that might look good on them, but that ain't going to look good on us. This is one for everybody, and I like this pony kit. I'm with you, Mark. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, I, I used to be able to fit into them many years ago, but uh, now, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're slightly, they're getting tight, even those XXLs now. <laughs> lock, 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 lockdown poundage, that's what it is. Yeah, the Netflix months. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, just just to finish, we'll talk a little bit just about that team. I mean, we talked about, you know, the League Cup final, Scottish Cup final, but Scottish Cup final success was to come and we'll, We'll hopefully talk about that uh, in a podcast where we talk about that season's kit. But, I mean, there was a lot of players around for a long time. You know, as you say, we are Richie Mackay, McPherson, Bruno McCann, Cameron Cahoon, Fulton, Robertson. We're seeing a bit more of a churn these days. And I, I think it's true the more successful sides can stay settled. And I think that's what Hearts were building at that time, was quite a settled core of a squad. I think with the, the spine of the team um, staying, and I know McCann would eventually leave, but Davy Weir came in. And Davy Weir's an interesting one because obviously he'd been at Falkirk, but he was a late bloomer. Davy Weir came over here to the United States to, to play um, college soccer uh, before going back. He, he studied over here and then became a professional footballer in, in the UK. So he kind of started, and, and that was a season that he actually got nine goals that season, the same as Neil McCann, and I would have lost my entire house if you'd asked me, who got more goals that season, Neil McCann or David Weir? The answer was neither, because Weir got, got nine. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a good side. It was, it was a strong, powerful side. I mean, Weir and McPherson, the experience of, of Gary McKay, I know he was kind of coming to to the end of his Hearts career, but then the enthusiasm of Colin Cameron, he was mm. some signing as well. Um, Robbo, 19 goals in, in total that season. Uh, and, and just Neil McCann's wizardry on the wing, Paul Ritchie in there. And I, I don't know how much you guys remember, I'm sure you will, of, of Stefan Pai, um, who was a, a French striker that very rarely found top form, but when he did, he was actually all right. Yeah, I was, if I was going to mention him, because he's probably, when you look at that side, he, he's a bit of an enigma, mm -hmm. really. Right? Yep. And, you know, he, he was basically, he came to us at the tail end of his career, you know, Bordeaux, Lyon, uh, Servette Montpellier, you know, teams like that. And he didn't play a great deal for Hearts either. Um, I think it was just 18 times a league, couple of goals. But um, he was released 
Famer, well, uh, the story goes he was released because he failed the drugs test uh, due to his use of dinanetel, I think it was was pronounced. So there's not too many players have been let go for hearts for failing a drugs test either. I think we should mention that. But he was just one of these enigmatic players. And that just seemed to be the way at the time you would bring in players from abroad that you perhaps hadn't heard of. But, you know, Pascali Bruno, you know, the famous hearts player. Stefan Pai is probably less... Less highly thought of, but he was also capped eight times for France, Mark. I think we, we tend to forget about that. Yeah, mo- most people probably do. Jim Jeffries and, and Billy um, had a really good uh, a good scouting network. And it, it wasn't just abroad, but they, there were guys that would call him and they would say, uh, I've got this player or, or whatever, and he'd, he'd do his homework. I remember being in Jim and Billy's office and they'd, they'd given me a, a story and I'd been screwed. Someone else had, had got it or, or whatever. And, and they promised me that they would give me another one to make up for it in return for something I'd done for them on Radio 4th. So they gave me the anti Niemi scoop when he signed, but told me, like, you can't put this out until it's done because it was prior to the Hearts Hibs Millennium Derby. I think it was Roddy McKenzie was due to play and they didn't want it coming out that anti Niemi was signing in case it didn't go through and they ended up having to play Roddy in goal, which wouldn't have been a bad thing. Um, but but Jim and Billy had this ability to 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 I don't know where they got it from. Pasquale Bruno wasn't washed up. I mean, he he had a, he was very influential with Hearts. Mm. Gilles Rousset didn't go off to the best possible start, but but what a signing! And I'm so glad that what happened to him in '98 um, came after everything he'd gone through in the the five one. But the one thing as well about the that season um, in his 607th appearance for Hearts. Wearing the pony kit, John Robertson equaled and then broke Jimmy Wardhaw's goal-scoring record in the league for Hart and Midlothian, and he did so wearing that nice maroon home pony jersey back in, uh, yeah. in May against Rangers. Yeah. I, th- I think probably as well, Mark, I, th- I think the, the, the influence of Pasquale Bruno shouldn't really be forgotten because I think, no, I think you know, when he, was, when, when he joined Hearts, I think we were bottom of the league. And I think we'd only got about eight points from ten games, and then you know when he joined, there was there was an upturn, and then what we eventually finished fourth, didn't we? And then we were getting to the to the League Cup final. So I, I think he did have an influence on, on the team. You know, I think it was a, a very positive influence that that, that he brought when when Jim and Billy signed him for sure. And Paul, we had unsung heroes. There was a guy Jeremy Goss who'd come in, mm. and he was in his thirties at the time, early thirties, but. Just the experience, and and with Gary Naismith coming into the side, winning his his mountain bike um, from Coca Cola for his performance, <laughs> and the, the the four sendings off at Ibrox, and then oh, yeah. Andy and Chris Robinson making an arse of himself, saying, "Go abandon the game." You're like, "No, dickhead, read the rules or laws." I can't oh, castigate yeah. people for calling them rules um, when I just mentioned that myself. But but the the youth and experience, you know what it reminded me, Paul, a little bit of Alan McDonald in in the mid eighties. When he had the the Gary Mackay, um, the the John Robertson, the youngsters, and then the experience of him and Sandy Jardin, um, even just before that Willie Johnson. But you've got guys like Gary Naismith that came into the side. Pasquale Bruno was already in there. Gary Mackay, John Robertson. There's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? Gilles Rousset in goal at 33, mixing the youth and experience because these kids, Paul Ritchie at 21, can learn so much from guys that have been there and, and done it before. Yeah, I often think that it's the signings that you make, those ones that will just have that little bit of influence. And you mentioned Jeremy Goss, I mean, former Norwich player, he had yep. experience playing in European football. 
he was a classy football player, but he wasn't he was. just brought in for football reasons. You know, he had the brain and he could help mm -hmm. develop people. And I think that's sometimes what's missing. And we see that right round the, the Scottish Premiership at the moment. It's the managers who can sign just the one or two players. They might not be the headline guys, but will come in and just do that particular job to allow you to tick on, to tick on. And often that can be the difference between, well, dare I say, a top six place or a bottom six place. I think we've seen that this season. You know, um, you know, St Mirren may have missed out on a top six place, but I think they signed a lot of just good quality players who could play at this level. And Ross County, you've got to give them credit. They, they've done the same. You know, if, if you take away the first 10 games of the season, arguably they're third in the table on form. Um, so it just those little examples of players being brought in, and I think Ross and Bruno are probably probably those prime examples in, in this particular case. And we forget as well, yeah. Paul, Neil Poynton, sorry. Um, no, no, you're right. On you go, Neil, Neil Poynton was older than Jeremy Goss. And I'm convinced Gary Naismith learned a hell of a lot yeah. under Neil Poynton. And Jim Hamilton would have learned a hell of He was an unsung hero for Hearts. Was he not, Grant? That's who I was just going to mention, Mark. Jim Hamilton. Yeah, you know what? They signed him. I think they signed him in the, in the, in the December, didn't they? He, he, he managed to get, you know, six or seven goals. And then next season, he, he, he just about got that 20 goals, didn't he? I think he was 18 or 19 goals the next season. And he was, he, he scored some great goals, Jim Hamilton. He, he, he was a really good signing for us. Uh, and, and you say he was a bit of an unsung hero because he, you know, he, he did a great shift and scored some great goals for Hearts. And I always liked Jim Hamilton. He was always 100%. He would never, never let you down. He'd put his body or his head wherever he had to to get a goal. So always liked, I always liked Jim Hamilton when he played for Hearts. Although he did go on and play for every other single Scottish Premiership team or every other Scottish Division team in it anyway, didn't they? So, no, quality player. Yeah. He certainly was. So we shall come to a close. I'll, I'll just mention it as we come close. I think this pony kit of these years is the one I associate most with John Robertson. And I think Mark, you put it, I mean, he broke so many records at the time. It's just one of the iconic images for Hearts is John Robertson doing that. Well, that's the full-time whistle for the pony years and the kits Hearts used in those times. It's time to pop them back in the drawer and ready ourselves for another kit adventure in the near future. We'd love your feedback and anything you'd like to suggest for us to cover. Special thanks to Mark for joining us and modelling that wonderful yellow jersey. My thanks to Grant and to you for listening. And remember, as is often said around Tynecastle Way, blood doesn't show on a maroon jersey. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. But I see your true colors shining through. I see your true.